This morning for our text, I chose just one verse from the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verse 6. It says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's no doubt been a lot of books written about parenting and family life. A lot of different opinions out there. I've wondered at times how many books written on training children were actually written by people who didn't have any children. We all have our opinions on how that job should be done. I had far more than I did after I had children. But God's Word, of course, we know is our authority on every issue, and certainly God had a lot to say about the family. The family was God's idea, and motherhood was also part of God's plan, so certainly God did write the book on it. We know it's a huge responsibility. Mothers and fathers have a very big job, and it says to train them up in the way they should go. We know that it's indicating That is in the nurture and the admonition of the gospel. We know it is a shared responsibility, but mothers play a very integral part in the home. It's been said, if the father is the head of the home, the mother is the heart of the home. And we know, I don't believe, that the importance of a mother's influence in her love can be emphasized enough. There was a quote put out by a group called the Heritage Foundation. They're one of the think tanks in this country, and they've done a lot of surveys on family life and cultural issues and those kinds of things. But this is what the former president of that organization had to say. The family is the fundamental building block of our society. Rather than denigrating the role of motherhood, we should be celebrating it as one of the most noble choices a woman can make. Strong families remain America's best anti-poverty, anti-crime, pro-health, pro-prosperity institution, and we have moms to thank for much of that. On Mother's Day, it's fitting to talk about the essential role that mothers and the institution of the family play in America's ability to thrive as a nation. Most mothers may not even realize that their role has an impact that goes far beyond their own families, a role so pivotal to society that it is truly one of the most significant things they will do in their lives. And that's not just hyperbole. There is much research that bears that fact out. We won't take the time to go over all the statistics and things, but it is absolutely true. A mother's influence carries great weight in the family. A mother's love and influence can help shape the future of a nation. George Washington had this to say about his own mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from my mother. Abe Lincoln had this to say, all that I am or ever hope to be I owe to my mother. I remember my mother's prayers, and they have followed me. They have clung to me all my life. It's been said that motherhood is one of the oldest occupations in the world. Well, without motherhood, we wouldn't have a world. So that is absolutely true. 
But sometimes motherhood is just plain old hard work. I'm sure there are days for many mothers when they're not picturing raising world leaders. They're probably just thinking about survival. It's the best they can do sometimes. Sometimes being a mother is just nothing but plain old hard work. I heard a story about a woman who was in a Walmart and she was pushing her cart around and she had a little daughter in the cart and the daughter was just screaming her head off and the employee, one of the employees overheard the mother saying, it's okay, Ellen, calm down, Ellen, we'll be home soon, Ellen. And this employee was so impressed, they approached this mother and she said, Ma'am, I have to commend you on your patience with little Ellen. And the mom looked at her and she said, Lady, I'm Ellen. She was trying to calm herself down. Well, sometimes motherhood may feel that way, but it is a very high calling and it's an important calling and it is a God-given role. And so this morning we'll consider the importance of Godly mothers will look at two biblical examples. We'll consider the example of Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and Hannah, the mother of Samuel. There were two different mothers, lived at two different times, and in two different time periods in Israel's history, but they had a couple of things in common. They were both mothers but they're both recognized for their incredible faith. They were women of faith. They were mothers of faith. Not faith in something, but they had this amazing faith in the living God, and their influence upon their children affected the outcome of the nation of Israel at two different times. We'll begin by considering the example of Jochebed. Her name is actually mentioned in the book of Exodus, but we also see her mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. We know Hebrews 11 is the heroes of faith chapter. And it begins by saying, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. The children of Israel, God's people at this point, had been in bondage for over 400 years. They were in a terrible place in history, and they cried out for deliverance. But we know the Pharaoh at that time, in order to keep them in bondage, he sent a decree out in all the land that all of the male babies three years of age and under should be thrown in the river. It was... A government ordered infanticide. It was a terrible, terrible time for the nation of Israel, a terrible time for a child to be born for sure. But God promised to raise up a deliverer. He heard their cry. So, of course, you know, God chose Moses to be that deliverer. But, you know, Moses needed a mother. And God chose Jochebed to be that mother that mother of Moses. It tells us by faith they hid him for three months. You know, it's perfectly okay as Christian parents. We want to hide our children as long as we can. We want to protect them from the evils of this world. There's nothing wrong with 
sheltering your child for as long as possible. The home should be a safe haven where the child will feel protected. We know the age of innocence passes so quickly. So by faith, we want to protect our children for as long as they can. And that's what they did. They hid Moses away because they feared God rather than the king's commandment, but they did it by faith. But there came a day, it says, where they couldn't hide him any longer. So Exodus tells us by faith they prepared an ark. You know, there comes a time in every parent's life when we can't protect our children any longer. There comes a time when they will leave home. For some parents, that time comes way too soon. For others, it can't come soon enough. But it will come. Eventually, our parents will grow up and they'll leave and they'll launch out. And there are times when we can't protect them. We can't do anything anymore to protect them ourselves. Certainly, that time for Jochebed came very quickly. At three months, she realized they couldn't hide him any longer. It says, by faith, they made an ark and they placed him in this ark. I thought, you know... The best thing we can do when that time comes is to commit our children into the hands of the Lord. That time when we can't be there to protect them, we could commit them to the Lord. The safest place you can place your child is in God's hands. And that's what Jochebed did. Well, we know God's divine plan was in this whole thing all along. God had ordained some events to take place. We see God's divine providence throughout this account, we read in Exodus chapter 2, verse 6 through 10, after they placed Moses in that ark and put him in that river, it says, it's speaking of Pharaoh, the Pharaoh's daughter. She came down and she was bathing herself. It says, and when she had opened, she, she saw the basket there in the water. It said, and when she had opened it, she saw the child and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said, Go to her, go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, And he became her son, and she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. God's hand was in all this. Mothers, can you picture that? The daughter of Pharaoh finds baby Moses and offers to pay his own mother to raise the child to a certain age out of the king's own coffers. Jochebed got paid to run a daycare for her own children. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Get paid to raise your own kids. Well, that's what she did. But she also realized she only had a short time with Moses. It said eventually when she weaned him, she knew she was going to have to take him to the king's palace. There are many commentaries think she may have had him anywhere from five to seven years. But you know, she didn't waste any time. I believe in Jochebed's heart, she realized she was going to take advantage of this time she had with her child to instill in him a godly fear and a reverence and to instill in him that same faith that she had. 
The time would come when she would have to take him to that king's palace. They say that the most formable years of a child are the first five years of their lives. If you're going to lay a foundation in their lives, it's that first five years that are critical. Somehow, I'm sure, Jochebed, by faith, she knew this, so she took every advantage to train Moses and to train him up in the way that he should go. And she did that. Of course, we know she made sure to instill that same faith that she had into the heart of her child. But we read about what Moses was able to do by faith, that faith that he received from his mother. In Hebrews 11, chapter 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Through faith he kept the Passover. By faith they passed through the Red Sea onto dry land. By faith Moses, and by God's grace and help, was able to lead the children of Israel out of captivity after 400 years and to lead them clear to the brink of that promised land. Where would that faith come from? No doubt it came from the Lord, but I believe a lot of that faith came from his mother, Jochebed, and her example in his early years of life. And he was able to use that faith later. We know Moses was known as the lawgiver. He was the one that handed down the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel. But long before those laws were written on those tables of stone, I believe there was a law that was established in Moses' heart through the faith and the efforts of his mother, Jochebed. We come to our second example, Hannah. We read her story in First, chap- first Samuel, the first chapter. It tells us that Hannah was a woman in bitterness of soul. And she was bitter because for many years she was barren. She was unable to have children But Hannah was one woman who understood and knew that children are a blessing and a gift from God. Children were never to be thought of as an inconvenience or a burden or, God forbid, a choice. No, she realized that children were special and they were a gift from God. And she longed to have a child, but for many years she was unable to. And it says that year after year they'd go up to the temple to make sacrifices and her heart would be grieved, but... One day, finally, she prayed a very special prayer unto the Lord. She said she prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. She made God a promise that day. She said, God, if you'll give me a man-child, I'll return him unto you all the days of his life. And she consecrated that child to the Lord. Well, God honored that faith. And we know in time she had that child. But she prayed that prayer of faith and she consecrated that child to the Lord before he was ever born. You know, as parents, we want to give our child every advantage possible. The greatest thing we can do is consecrate him to the Lord from the very beginning. God has a plan for our children, but we play a part in that plan by instilling faith down in their hearts. Thank God Hannah was willing to do that. Well, we know there came a day when she had to pay her vow. Samuel had been weaned, so she made a little coat and brought him to the temple there, and she gave him to Eli the priest to serve in the temple of the Lord. But 
again, in this account, we see God's divine providence throughout this whole story of Hannah. Even the years that Hannah wasn't able to have a child, God's hand was even in that because he orchestrated the timing to be just perfect when Samuel was born. We consider the condition of Israel during that time. Israel was in a deplorable condition. We know that Eli, the high priest, had failed in his duties as a spiritual leader and his sons who were supposed to carry on uh, the role of high priest, they had corrupted themselves and they committed all kinds of abominations. It says that the offering of the Lord became despised and they committed all kinds of sin. It says that the sin was great in the eyes of the Lord and because Eli... And refusing to discipline his own sons. We know he forfeited his own right and his calling as the high priest and the spiritual leader. God rejected him and his sons because of that. There was rampant idolatry in the land. There was a a disunion among all the tribes of Israel. God's people were scattered. They were being dominated and oppressed by the Philistines. It also says in those days the word of the Lord was precious. There was no open vision. It wasn't precious because it was so special and treasure. It was precious because it was so rare. It wasn't preached. There was no open vision. It says that the lamp of God had gone out in the temple where the ark was. So this was the condition of this nation at the time. But in the midst of that spiritual darkness... God, once again, raised up a spiritual leader to take them through that very difficult and that dark time and to point them back to God. It tells us that as Samuel grew, it says, not a word Samuel spoke fell to the ground. It lets us know that there wasn't another prophet and judge in all of Israel, not before Samuel or after Samuel. And God used him in a mighty way to preserve the nation. But you know, that prophet, that priest, Samuel, needed a mother. And God chose Hannah to be that mother. Without Hannah, there would have never been a Samuel. But because she was willing to pray that prayer of faith, because she was willing to consecrate his life to the Lord, because she was willing to trust his future in God's hand and lend him to the Lord all the days of his life, We know that Samuel, with God's help, was able to rally the spirit of his people and to keep their hope and faith alive for many years to come. And the nation was spared during a very tumultuous time because of Samuel. But we can trace that back to the influence that his mother Hannah had in his life. These mothers, and there's many others in the Word of God, they're recognized and honored for their faith. You know, their faith did a great deal to shape the lives and the destinies of their children. But you know, their faith didn't save their children. Moses wasn't saved because of Jochebed's faith. He was encouraged, no doubt, inspired by it, many times maybe directed by it, but he wasn't saved by her faith. Samuel wasn't saved by Hannah's faith. They had to make a choice themselves. They had to have their own personal faith. You know, the faith of others, the faith of godly mothers, if we're fortunate to have them, can inspire and encourage us. But there comes a time when we have to have our own personal faith in the Lord. 
It tells us by faith when Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called uh, the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. He came time to make a choice. You know, the faith of a godly mother can follow their child long after the mother passes on the scene. But that day, Moses had to make a personal choice. Samuel, we know, God called him in the middle of the night three different times. And even as a child, Samuel had to respond by saying, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So we know it has to be a personal faith. We're thankful for the godly examples that we have. But others' faith can't save us. We can't depend on somebody else's faith to get us to heaven. But we can have our own faith. You know, Paul, when he was encouraging young Timothy in the faith, Timothy was a young minister starting out, and he remembered and was reminded of the unfeigned faith that was first in his grandmother Lois and in his mother Eunice, and he was reminding Timothy of these things, but he said, but he was persuaded that it was in Timothy as well. Timothy had his own faith. That word unfaith means genuine, sincere. Unfeigned means not phony or make-believe. It's genuine, sincere, it's personal. That's the kind of faith that Jesus Christ wants to give every one of us. We can have that unfeigned faith. You know, there are those here that will never be a mother. There are fathers here, there are children here. There may be those that weren't raised in a Christian home. Maybe you came from a broken home. It's possible there may be even those here that don't even know who their parents are. That doesn't keep you from having a personal faith in the Lord. You can have that unfeigned faith. You can change your family tree. You know that? By God's grace, you can. You can be saved. You can be that godly example for those around you. But especially we do want to honor our godly mothers this morning and again say thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep up the good work. We know sometimes those days may seem like just survival, but God will bless you. We're thankful again for all of our godly mothers here and all of the wonderful examples we have, but we can have our own faith this morning. Let's come and pray. The song is 539. God bless you today.